Welcome to Money Metaphors, exploring financial concepts through stories and analogies with Jason Coddington from Coddington Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, we help families and small business owners like you navigate the world of finance. Our goal? To help you stress less and enjoy life more, all while leaving a lasting legacy. Join us for this journey where we explore the nuances of goal-based asset management, retirement, and estate planning strategies as Jason and his team draw from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the puzzle of effective financial management. Welcome to the Money Metaphors podcast with Jason Coddington. Jason, good to be with you. Nice to see you again. Yes, thank you. It's good to be back. So today on the menu, we're going to talk about retirement plans for small businesses. I would imagine that there are quite a few people that probably are just happy to have a small business. I don't know if they've thought very much about what to do further along down the line. Yeah, I think, well, and in, 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 depending on what state you are, like we're in California, so you, the state mandates uh, that you have uh, a retirement plan for your employees. And so if you don't have one, um, you will, uh, you can adopt theirs. Uh, but, you know, they, they're starting. And I think other states, you know, California being as progressive as it is, other states will likely uh, follow. So um, that's the case. So over the past 24 months, we've gotten a lot of questions over yeah. you know, what different retirement plans, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, there's really, you know, some critical questions you have to ask uh, or yourself and today we hope to provide that insight. And uh, so once we do that, then you'll be able to make, you know, informed decision and start, you know, really filtering what you want to do and establish, you know, and, and know that once you choose a retirement plan, it's not etched in stone. You can always, you know, pivot uh, as your business grows and adopt a, a, you know, one that might be more suitable for your size. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that today. I'm going to use a couple analogies today. We'll use steak. We're going to use beef. Uh, and how to cook it. So uh, as some analogies on picking your retirement plan. So uh, we'll even have some cool resources at the end, in addition to some checklists for retirement, but we'll give you some links to some uh, processes for cooking a great tenderloin, which we like to cook every year in our family at Christmas. And we'll also uh, put a link to some uh, brisket processes used by uh, Aaron Franklin out of Texas and also Terry Black out of Texas. And so we visited both of those places it's just fun to see how they cook a brisket and uh, learn from them. So if you ever do it on your own. So if you get nothing else out of this podcast today, learning about retirement plans, you'll at least learn how to make an awesome tenderloin and a cool brisket. That sounds like a fair trade to me. You know, yeah, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. So I will be down in the show notes later. Thank you. All right. All right. What do you mean in terms of making this metaphor of cooking a steak or a brisket? Explain that and how it relates to choosing retirement plans. Yeah. So I think what the way that, and when you go to cook a steak um, or a piece of chop or a cut of beef, you really need to look at, you know, a couple things. Right. And again, and I'm no, I'm no chef. I just, I've learned all of my, this by uh, research and of course uh, trial and error. So, um, but what I've learned is that the type of cut of meat is going to dictate how the best way to process it or cook it. So, you know, we'll take, for example, like a tenderloin or a filet, very tender, lean piece of meat. Ideally, you know, and, and of course, again, this is this is how we pro we, you know, we do it. But, you know, once we have a lean 
cut of meat. We're looking at direct heat. So that's either an open flame or like on a cast iron skillet. And, you know, it's not going to cook very long. And, you know, and that's, that would be like your filet, you know, your ribeye, slightly longer, a little bit more fat on that cut of meat, but still probably more direct, direct flame. Some people, you know, can smoke, you can smoke, you know, any kind of meat, but, you know, of course, the smaller the cut or the leaner the cut, the less time you're going to smoke it. So, so basically when it comes to cuts of meat, it's how lean is it? You know, is it, does it have a lot of fat or is it lean? You know, of course, what's the, uh, you know, what process are you going to use? You can use smoke, you can use direct heat, um, and then how long you're going to cook it. And so the analogy there is, you know, like for, for example, like a brisket, um, you know, brisket's a, a, a fatter, larger cut of meat. Although the pros you'll, that we talked about earlier in this, will they don't temperature test their uh, brisket at the end. It's common knowledge that, you know, the internal temperature of a brisket's, you know, 200 degrees when you pull it off of there and you're going to let it rest, you know, anywhere from three to four hours uh, before you serve it. Um, whereas a filet, you're going to cook it and then you're going to serve, want to serve that relatively quick or a ribeye relatively quick. And so... I think, and if you would never cook a filet to 200 degrees uh, internal temperature, because it's beyond well done, it's, you know, leather at that point. So a lot of that just, you know, depends, uh, you know, on, so there's some factors basically that we have to look at. And, you know, those factors are lean meat. How lean is it based on that? What's the temperature that we need to cook it at? And then what's the time frame? And so that's, that's the analogy. And so, well, the analogy then is, when you look at retirement plans, there's basically three things you need to be considering. And we're going to talk about that next. And so one is, you know, how many employees do you have? You know, how, what's the size of your payroll? So we need to talk about that. And based upon that, we can start looking at different plans that are most appropriately or most appropriate. So for example, if you're just a single practitioner, uh, independent contractor, like let's say a doctor, a real estate agent, you know, or another professional consultant, and you don't have any employees, you know, there are some resources out there. A single 401k is an example. A SEP IRA is another example. And then of course, a simple IRA is also another example. Now there are some other plans as well, but we're just going to focus on those three uh, today. You know, if you're really, you're having a great year, if you're, you know, a doctor or perhaps a real estate agent, it's had a really great year. There's some cash balance plans that you can do, but those are a little more complicated and, uh, and, you know, require some additional uh, tax advice. And so we'll kind of, we'll kind of back away from those today and stick with, you know, the three primary options for you, which are a 401k, a simple IRA and a SEP IRA. So that's uh, how many, so that's for one employee. Now, if you have, you know, anywhere from zero, you know, if you have one employee to let's say, you know, 10, in that range, then, you know, again, that's going to also show up, uh, you know, the SEP, the simple and the 401k are options, but now it starts to determine, you know, that leads us to the next question is what, you know, the next thing you need to consider. So one is the first is how many employees and the size of your payroll. Uh, and the second would be how much employee choice, uh, support and flexibility do you want your employees to have? One of the things we find with like, for example, an easy one of one of the easiest ones to install is a SEP IRA. And what's interesting about the SEP IRA is, you know, once you, you know, start that, it's it's pretty easy to get started. So, you know, it just requires, you know, you open uh, a SEP IRA account for yourself at your local, you know, your brokerage firm or or bank if you, you know, 
Um, of course, if you're going to work with us, we would help you help you do that. But you open that up and it's relatively simple, just as easy as opening up a regular IRA account mm. for the most part. Um, the interesting thing about the SEP IRA, though, is you know how much you can contribute as an owner. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, one of the key pieces of a SEP IRA is you know an owner can put up to uh, you can put up to twenty five percent of your income, not to exceed sixty six thousand. So you can put a chunk of money in there. So wow. Uh, so that sounds good, um, and, that, and that's and that's great. Um, but here's the here's the trick with a SEP IRA that um, you know for for that small employer out there, whatever you do for yourself, you have to do for every employee. So, you know, if you've got five employees each making one hundred thousand dollars a year, that now you've just once you make twenty five percent contribution on yourself, you're now going to have to do twenty five percent for them that money, um, that money is theirs, you know? So there's no, I mean, there, we could potentially, if we installed a different type of plan, a profit sharing plan, put some teeth into it a little bit, but just simply a SEP IRA is, you know, basically 25% maximum contribution up to 66,000 and whatever you do for yourself, you have to do for everybody else. And so that's kind of the SEP IRA that, that creates an opportunity for the business owner, but it also creates a little bit of, um, cash flow issue because you know maybe he does they don't have the resources to contribute and say i want to help my employees but i can't do 25 percent for all of them so that's when we start looking at you know another type of plan called a simple ira so a simple ira is basically kind of uh, meant to be a stepping stone from a sep ira to a 401k so and i know i'm using a lot of languages here uh in acronyms so rest assured i'm going to simplify this but I think what's interesting is, you know, or what's what's important is we're going to have resources for you at the end of this podcast. You can click on and lay it all out nice and simple and in a grid format where you can just, you know, look down what makes the most sense and, you know, and start deciding, you know, and go from there. And of course, we'll have some resources on our website you can look at as well. So let's talk about and transition to the simple IRA. And if, if Bill, you have any questions so far on how we're tracking here? Or- yeah, well, I, I'm kind of waiting here for a moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold questions for the minute, moment and let you lay those three out because I've got some I've got some questions about the differences between them. But why don't you explain what they are first, and sure. then we'll go from there. Yeah. So we talked about the SEP IRA. Then we move on to something called the simple IRA. And the simple IRA is for those individuals that you know, smaller employees. And basically who want to have, you know, the flexibility like a 401k, but not necessarily the cost structure and the administration of a 401k. So we'll talk about that in a second. So the nice thing about a simple IRA um, is basically is for an employer, you know, with a hundred or fewer employees and each of those employees at least earned $5,000 in a year, they would be, they would be eligible to contribute. And then, Basically, what's nice about it in the simple IRA, the maximum you can contribute um, is $15,000, $15,500 into the plan. And of course, if you're over 50, you can add an additional $3,500. So the one change between difference between that and this and the SEP is, you know, the SEP was $66,000, whereas, you know, this is $15,500. So let, if you're an owner, it lets it only doesn't require you to put, it doesn't allow you to put as much in. But the the trick, the next part is is how you handle your employees with a simple IRA. So with a simple IRA, are only required as an employer 
to help those that want to help themselves. Whereas with a SEP IRA, it's a blanket across the board contribution. So in this particular case with simple IRA, if you can offer the plan and, you know, you have, let's say those same exact employees that worked for you under the SEP example, you have five employees making a hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm doing that just to make the math easy. Let's say one of them wants to contribute. Let's say four of them want to contribute and one doesn't. So gotcha. the employer would only have to, would only be on the hook to help support um, the four that want to contribute and his maximum allowable, or, you know, he can always put more, um, if he would like, but he's required to put 3% up to 3% of the person's pay. So if I'm making $100,000 and I'm an employee and I want to put $3,000 in as the employer, I'm required to then put in match that with $3,000. If employee number and another employee wants to put in 2,500, the employer is only on the hook for the 2,500. And of course they can make non-elective contributions, you know, if they would like. So again, just to kind of some big big picture ideas, but those are the big differences, right? Because with a SEP IRA, it's a blanket across the board. I want to do, I want to do something for everybody. Um, The simple IRA reduces the amount of money you contribute as an owner, but it also reduces the amount that you have to match for, you know, an employee. Now the employee, the nice thing about the simple IRA is they too can put up to $15,500 in the account if they're less than 50 and if they're over 50 they can add an additional 3500 so that is really you know the sep and the simple ira commonly used for you know for businesses that have you know 10 employees or less so you know that's quite nice and those are you know those are some some are those are those relatively low cost administrative the fees virtually low virtually cost? low yeah relatively low cost i would you know there i think there's always a hidden cost uh with a simple ira and that you know there's not planned administration fees like you would have with a 401k yeah. but there is some administration that your you know your payroll service or you know if you're doing your own payroll in house you know you have to do it's going to if you don't have a retirement plan now it's going to require probably you know and again everybody's different maybe an hour additional per payroll period to do the calculations you know okay. and i mean there's software now that helps and makes that less but I, you know every employee is different but there are some calculations and that requires labor so i don't want to say it's completely free because there is an increase in labor to process the payroll, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and it clearly, if you're an employer, it's clearly going to cost you money because you're going to be matching or you're going to be contributing to that simple IRA or that, or that SEP for, for exactly. Your Absolutely. That was the next, so that, you know, it's a benefit to, so yes, it's a cost to, to you, but again, there's also, there's retention costs, right? So if you don't, if you have a high yeah. turnover uh, in your as an employer because you don't have a retirement plan, you could argue that your the investment in your employees helps them stay longer. Those kinds of things. And so, you know, again, I, I think what what's nice about retirement plans for small business is the way I see it is it's almost like if we have the the Venn diagram of you know you know we want to help our employees again everybody help everybody save for retirement. And then also help the employer, you know, and, sure. and along the way, if we can save some taxes, you know, that's nice. That's nice as well. And, you know, there are some provision that, and I'll go into probably later at a different podcast. Um, there were some provisions uh, passed and this will actually apply to the 401k, which I'll talk about next. And the Secura Act 2.0 last November, uh, last December that now allows for Roth contributions uh, for some of these plans. So oh, nice. Okay. Uh, 
The nice thing about that is if you're at a certain, depending on your tax bracket, if, you, if you're a younger person and you want to put money away in a simple NSF and you want to do it in a Roth format, you would be able to do that now. Whereas, you know, prior to last, you know, last year, you you weren't able to do that. And that's, uh, that's nice. And again, real quick, you know, retirement refresh there, a Roth IRA is money you put in after tax and later on in life, it comes out income tax-free. And, and regular contributions, uh, of course, you get the deduction now, um, and but later on, they come out taxable. So it's nice to have that option. And of course, the next plan we'll talk about, the 401k, you can have the opportunity to have both if you choose. And again, you can, you, and I should say, you, should, you can also have both with the SEP and the simple. It's just going to be, it's a newer program uh, because, you know, everybody was set up with uh, simples and SEPs to just do regular contributions. And so a lot of these firms, vendors that we use and we work with, they're all updating their their paperwork to allow for Roth contributions now. So double check. And of course, everything we say today, everything, you know, as always, you got to check with your accountant and your you know attorneys if necessary about the tax ramifications and implications for your individual business. So absolutely, absolutely. Which is why, you know, as you get ready to talk about 401ks, you know, it's just it's a good simple reminder that th these are this is good practical information. Uh, but if you're going to sit down and do something about it, you should sit down with a financial advisor, either you or if you already have one, uh, your own f f uh, FA, and 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 work it out with them because, yeah, these products can be straightforward. But straightforward in financial world's always got a tricky component to it. It seems to me I've learned over the years. Yeah, and they're just they're just moving parts there, and it's nice to have. Yeah. You know, we like to work. We we work hand in hand with you know our clients, tax advisors, and we we would advocate for that in any relationship. But you know, today again, the next time you're eating a steak, a nice juicy steak, and you're trying to decide whether you should do a retirement plan or not, just remember there's the, you know the SEP IRA um, or the simple plan, and then of course. If you wanted to do, you know, kind of the, the all the bells and whistles, the four hundred one k, we'll talk about that. We'll talk. About yeah, that. tell me, tell me about the four hundred one k because I must. I mean, is that not really for a, a, a like a small business, like a ten ten employees or less? Is this really more for? Yeah, well, a that's great. With more it's employees, a, or it's great that you asked that. So, I mean. For a while, um, this is the advent of technology and competition and vendor pricing, but the cost to administer a 401k has really come down over the past few years. And wow. with technology um, and efficiencies, you know, you can add and, and product innovation, you can add quite a bit and provide a nice benefit uh, through a 401k package to, you know, a small you know, to a small group of employees, even 10 or less. Like we have a couple of clients that have 10 or less employees and haven't decided to go with the 401k program. And so, but yes, historically 401k was just, you know, big multi, you know, multi-billion dollar companies had them. And then, you know, over, over the years, you know, they're more accessible. So we'll talk a little bit about that. The, the major difference with the 401k, typically it, they cost a little bit more to administer, and, you know, there are bells and whistles that you can add. Um, I won't get into too many of them today, but, you know, you can allow for loans if, if you so choose as an employer uh, on the 401k balance. We don't typically advocate for that, but you can add for loans, special uh, distribution uh, options in some cases. But the nice thing about the 401k is, and I'm just talking plan structure here. I'm not talking about what it's invested in. Uh, the nice right. thing about the 401k is 
it has a lot of flexibility for the owner and it has you know flexibility for the employee and really all it i mean all that's changing between a simple uh ira and a 401k is really just you know comes down to the you know the additional features that you would like to add um so i think i mentioned earlier in the podcast you know if you're just kind of thinking i want to do something I don't think the SEP IRA is for me because I don't know that I want to do it for all my employees or that all my employees would appreciate it. And I don't really have $66,000 to put away. Maybe I want to get started with the simple. We get you started with the simple. And then, you know, as you adapt to the plan and you want decide you want more and more guidance than the 401k, you know, makes starts making some sense. Now, the difference, uh, again, there's some costs. There's some reports that have to be filed with the IRS. I already called the form 5500. Um, that of course, and there has, and the plan has to be tested. And what tested means is that the highly compensated people aren't the only ones using the plan. You need to make sure that everybody uh, can, you know, use the plan. There's these rules called top heavy rules. And so what the uh, IRS has done is they've come out and said, you know, and rightly so have said, if you have a plan that only the highest compensated people in the organization are contributing to and none of the uh you know other workers are contributing to then you have what's called the top heavy plan and that's not allowed and so you would then have to have um contributions removed from the retirement plan and you don't really want that so that kind of so i'm going to take that information right there about the form we can to add one phrase in there that's going to make this easier to i believe to comprehend and there's a there's a word card called the safe harbor 401k and what makes the safe harbor 401k and the simple 401k, or excuse me, the simple IRA very similar is remember I talked about in the simple IRA, how if you have contributions that you would like to make on behalf of your employees, you could do that so long as you chose a specific amount each and every year. So okay. there was a matching program. So we take those same five employees, they're each making $100,000 a year uh, under the 401k plan. Let's say one doesn't want to contribute the next one wants to contribute, uh, let's say, you know, 3% and, or perhaps 4%, let's say $4,000, you as an employer, as long as you offer that 4% as a match to the employee that's contributing, you then don't have to worry about the, what's called those top heavy rules. Okay. So if you offer a safe Harbor plan, as long as you're matching your employees that want to now only those that contribute. So as long as you're matching each and every one of your employees, as what's called, you know, an elective contribution, you're helping, you're choosing to support, you know, dollar for dollar, 100% of their first 4% of contributions. And each plan, you can choose the amount if you would like in your plan, but it can't be less than, in many cases, it can't be made, you know, less than 3%. Uh, percent. Yeah. And again, this is, you know, confirm that with your accountant and your plan administrator. But so, if you're willing to say, you know, I'm working for you, uh, and you're, and I'm making, you know, hundred thousand dollars a year as one of these employees, and I put four thousand dollars in there, I know that you as my employer are going to give me four thousand bucks, and I also that that money is if I leave in three years and go to another firm, that money is mine to take. You know, I'm I'm not beholden by any what's called vesting rules or anything like that. Well, I wanted to ask about that. I've been sitting here waiting to ask about vesting because everywhere I've ever worked that vesting thing <laughs> was there and it cost me on a couple of occasions because the vesting period was was longer than i was with the company so that i lost the money 
Vesting, it seems like, is not an option on the simple IRA or the SEPA. On the on the safe harbor 401k and the simple IRA, okay, they are not, there doesn't have to be a vesting schedule. Okay. So where where, and I'm gonna confuse this a little bit. I'll make it slight, we're gonna add a little twist here, but you know, on a 401k plan, you can have what's called profit sharing contributions. And let's say you're working for me, Bill, and we've had a great year. And not only do you I match your salary deferral of four yep. percent, but let's say I'm I'm gonna give everybody in the company a 10%. Uh, contribution to their 401k. And I offer to do that. And that's under a 401k plan, or excuse me, that's under a profit sharing plan. In addition to the, to the 401k, I can choose to have a vesting schedule on that money so that, Hey, you know what? I paid you 10% on your money, but, uh, but you know, if you leave within five years, you're not going to get all of it, you know? Yeah. So um, that's vesting is typically in today's world is, is like, is likely tied to profit sharing plans. And sometimes you can do a profit sharing plan and a, a 401k uh, together. Um, oh, that's, okay. That's so that you can kind of mix those. Um, so I would suggest, you know, again, there's a, we're, you know, I want to get too far in the weeds, you know, but it's a great question. You know, vesting is important, but the nice thing about a safe Harbor plan, you have the ability to help those that want to help themselves and, not have to concern yourself but from a vesting standpoint because you're offering everybody the same offering everybody the same option much like the simple ira the safe yeah. harbor 401k operates the same way the other thing that's really big and we like this from a planning standpoint as advisors is a couple th- from a budgeting standpoint both the simple ira and the safe harbor 401k you can literally run a payroll report on your employees for a year or the quarter, and you can kind of extrapolate what it's going to cost you, assuming everybody contributed at the three or 4% level, right? Oh, okay. So from a budgeting standpoint, there's, you can kind of get an idea of where you're at from a planning perspective. The other thing about the safe Harbor 401k that we like is there's, there's not the element of surprise, right? So if you have, uh, and what, what do I mean by that? If you have a if you have a 401k that's not in the safe harbor, right? And they're just people are, you know, again, I mentioned, let's say we have a an agricultural processing plant and you know, all let's say the sales individuals in this and the administration individuals are making quite a large amount, you know, they're making larger salaries and let's yeah. say someone driving the forklift. Again, nothing wrong with those jobs, but you know, they just make more. Well, the forklift driver may not, he may be only contributing 5% and, you know, the people in sales and our admin might be contributing, you know, 15%. And a regular 401k outside of the safe harbor rules, the plan administrator is going to run a test and this goes to cost. Again, this, this is why these plans cost a little bit more because they have to test it and make sure, okay, well, do we have a top heavy plan or the high are the are the highly compensated individuals the only ones contributing to this plan and if so they will do a calculation and you will have to remove those contributions so you know here in the you know from a planning perspective we don't like that because we like to know if an employee puts away you know if i'm working with one of the sales guys there and they put away $15,000 in their 401k they like to know that that 14,000 is get you know that it's not excuse me $15,000 in their 401k they I'd like to know that if they do that that money's not going to be have to be be given back, <laughs> you know, oh, be taxable. That'd be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, and so the safe harbor solves that. It solves it, and we like it that way from a planning perspective. You know, you kind of have your knowns, and you know, and again, multi, 
you know, we're talking, you know, companies with a hundred employees or, you know, or less, you know, typically, or, you know, is, is the threshold, you know, I don't, I think if you have 75 or more employees, you probably won't have top heavy rules, but you know, if you're at, you know, if you only have 10 employees or 20 employees, you could run into those issues. And so we just advocate for the safe Harbor plan and just makes sense. And the other thing I will say, the one major difference between the simple IRA and the 401k, a safe Harbor plan is, you know, how much you can contribute. If you remember the simple, I told you, you could up to 15,500 in a simple IRA in a 401k, it's 22,500. And then of mm. course, if you're over 50, you can add another 7,500, making it $30,000. So again, that's where, you know, we have to kind of zoom, you know, we kind of got in the weeds a little bit. Now I just take our little map and zoom out, you know, Google maps and zoom out and just say, okay, we've been focusing on the streets. Let's look at the kind of the region. Yeah. <laughs> you're sitting there and, and uh, if I'm looking at your 401k and you're coming in, I'm basically going to look at how much do you want to contribute as an employer? That's, you know, that's one factor we need to contribute. If you don't think you're going to be able to do the 22,000, then you work down to, you know, you work down to the simple IRA, you yeah. know, and that's fine. If you only have, I would say 10 to 25 employees, the simple IRA, and you're not going to contribute that much, the simple IRA might be the thing for you. Bottom line is that you as an owner have to look at what works best for you budgeting and financial wise, right? Right, right. I mean, it comes down to four major things to kind of re and, you know encapsulate all of this, and it's really what's your employees and size of your payroll. You know, your employee. You know, and how much choice and flexibility not do you want in your investment plans? You're going to have more with the simple IRA and a, even more with the four hundred one k. What's the cost of a plan? Uh, you know, what's it going to cost you not only to administer the plan? Very little administration cost with a four hundred one k. Excuse me, with a simple IRA and a SEP IRA, you're going to have some administrative costs with a 401k. But you also have to look at contributions, which are contribution costs to support your employees. And, you know, and that, again, more flexible with a simple IRA and a 401k than you are with the SEP IRA. So you have to look at that. And then, of course, the last piece is as an owner, what am I looking to get out of this? You know, I'm going to save, I'm going to help my employees. They're going to save money on taxes. I'm going to make contributions. I likely would, you know, put money away. So you really, you know, again, how many employees in size of payroll and choice and flexibility for yourself and your employees, the cost of the plan, and then owner contributions. And so, yeah, I would, I would also imagine that one of the one of the um, benefits, if you will, of uh, for an employer is that if you're an owner, it's a nice way to try and keep your workforce somewhat stable because I would imagine that, well, I know I would. I'll speak for me. I'm, I'm much more likely to work for somebody who is going to offer me a retirement benefit than I am somebody who's like, come in, I'll pay you an hourly wage and you can go home and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. No, I, I think, and again, I think that's absolutely important, you know, and I think most employees see that now that, you know, they would absolutely work for someone that's going to provide them with benefits. And I think if you're, if you're a small business owner, you got, you know, you're, Costs are important, but there's also turnover costs. And, you know, those are hidden costs. If you're hiring, going through, you know, hiring three or four times for the same position, maybe you don't have to hire that many times if your benefits were in alignment and it might cost you, save you money in the long run. So, yeah. you know, that's, you know, when it comes to employee benefits, we, we like to advocate for build a nice flexible plan, not only for the employer, but, you know, and the employee, but for the employee 
um, with their them in mind. And so, you know, again, we'll have some resources. It's a, it's a lot. You know, we've used a lot of acronyms, a lot of numbers. Um, and so it might be hard to listen to, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, uh, well, no, the bottom I, yeah. line here is that, you know, it, it, you know, come in and talk to you. Right. But, I mean, you know, stop. Yeah, in yeah. And- I, th- I think what, you know, and I think what it comes down to is, you know, begin, you know, Stephen Covey had this great phrase, you know, seven habits, a highly effective people is, you know, begin with the end in mind, you know, know where you want to go. I mean, a lot of people do this ad hoc planning and they think, you know, Hey, I just, I need to do a 401k. It's like, okay, well, um, that's common, uh, but maybe that's not the right thing for you. And so, you know, I think in our, our suggestion would be step back for a second, look at what, what are you trying to accomplish? What would you like your employees to accomplish? And mm-hmm. then let's build a middle ground that, that accomplishes that. And, Another phrase, uh, you know, when it comes to retirement planning is if you're, as your business is growing, if you're just starting out, maybe there's, you know, one or two employees, maybe the SEP IRA works and uh, you want to get something started. And then, uh, but, you know, again, one of the phrases that I've heard uh, in a book by um, Great by Choice, uh, which was written by Jim Collins, you know, you know, written, built to last, great, great books. And one of his, his phrases is, you know, bullets before bombs. And, uh, you know, and, the, and, and I'm going to ruin this story. The best thing to do is read the book, but the, the analogy is back, you know, when they were looking to sh- in the, during um, warfare at sea back in the day when ships would battle against each other, you know, they only had so many, so much ammunition as far as like cannonballs. And so, you know, in order to kind of sight in their rifles and get the fall, you know, instead of like shooting like six or seven cannonballs, you know, you use your musket. And, you know, basically do bullets and kind of sight in where you want to use before, you know, hit that before you actually committed with your cannonballs. And so the reason that's important is, and the analogy there, of course, is with your retirement plan is start small, get something started. Simple IRA doesn't cost as much, relatively easy to administer. And if you want to add a 401k, you know, of course, there's some paperwork that needs to be processed some, and some deadlines that need but to be But you can met. do that as you grow, but you can you do that exactly. as you grow. You know, but don't let having a 401k or retirement plan for yourself, you know, and your employees don't let the sound of it think, oh, that's just for the big boys. You know, that's only for, you know, the, you know, the S&P 500 companies. No, small business, mom and pop stock, you know, store right on Main Street can have a retirement plan that's going to benefit their employees and themselves. And it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg and it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be complicated. For any uh, small business owners that uh, are listening to this and maybe want to get in touch with you, have a little bit further conversation, maybe go a little more in depth. How do they get a hold of you, Jason? Yeah, they just they can uh, go to our website at uh, you know www.coddingtonwealthadvisors.com, or they can give us a call five five nine eight nine seven zero zero four zero. We'll have some resources and some links, of course. Uh, you know, at the end of this podcast that people can, you know, grab a hold of. And again, I think in summary, just like you wouldn't cook a filet to a 200 degrees for five hours, you shouldn't cook a brisket to 160 degrees on direct heat for 60 minutes. You just have a mess. Make sure you're building a retirement plan that is in alignment with your budget and what you want to contribute along with what your employees want to do. And so in doing so, uh, you'll end up with a great plan and just as you would end up with a great tasting steak or an amazing brisket. And that's what you want. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate All right, it. Thank you. All right. Yes. And thank you. our last thank you goes to the listeners. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I'm sure you found this useful and helpful. 
Again, you know how to reach out to Jason. You just heard the information is also in the show notes. Uh, give him a call. He'll be happy to help you out. Uh, if you are not a subscriber already, become a subscriber. Uh, hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss another episode of this podcast. It will be delivered to your listening device, and you don't have to worry about it, and you don't have to think about it. The other thing we'd say is if you like this podcast, if you're so moved, give it a rating and share it with others. Spread the news. Get people listening to this, and we appreciate that. On behalf of Jason and everybody at Coddington Wealth, I'm Bill Tucker reminding you to do not wait. Go out and live your best life today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Money Metaphors, exploring financial concepts through stories and analogies. Visit our website at www.coddingtonwealthadvisors.com or give us a call at 559-897-0040. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available.